Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here, and alongside of me, as she is almost always, my partner on the airways, Sarah Jones. Hey, Sarah. Hello. It's nice to see you again. I know. It feels like it may have been a minute, but, uh, you know, you've been staying busy traveling the, the United States. Where are you joining us from today? As of today, we are in Colorado. Visiting okay. our friends and our family, um, doing some upgrades and maintenance on our home that we live in and travel in and taking advantage of the open space to be able to do that here. Okay, very cool. So back in your old stomping ground, does that mean you'll be making your way just a little bit southwest soon? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. It's I, I hope it were, it's sooner than what we're planning, but <laughs> um, okay. we, we will be in the south um, shortly. All right. Can't wait for you you to get in you know closer to town so that uh, we can grab a drink or something. That and would by be drink, amazing. I mean H two O. Like I'm I'm drinking some seltzer um, right now. Go. So <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Well, awesome. So speaking of traveling, I mean I'll, I'll use it as a segue. Uh, we're going to talk about cars today, and um, I'm kind of excited to talk a little bit about. You know, um, how, how from a personal finance perspective, should we handle automobiles? You know, should we be buying new? Should we be buying used? Is it okay to get a car loan? Is it not? If you've listened to mm -hmm. recent episodes, you know that I'm in my first lease. So, you know, at this point, people are like, we don't trust you, Nino. Like, <laughs> the, the other gurus out there tell me that I need to be driving around in, in a jalopy until I can afford to pay cash for something. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think I think there are some elements to this discussion that go overlooked or or there's like really cool one-liners out there about how like you should only ever pay cash for a car. And it, like that sounds great, but who's got like 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand just lying around. So I'm very much looking forward to the combo. I am too, because I think that as our listeners know, as you and I know, we have varying points of view on a lot of areas and we overlap in some and, and we don't in others. And so um very curious to hear how this conversation goes today and, and all of your thoughts. Yeah. So let's let's kind of dig in a little bit. Let's let's talk about the acquisition of a car. So whether mm -hmm. that should be new or should be used, but when you're trying to buy a car, well, well let's start there. What say you, Sarah? New or used? Oh gosh, <clears throat> you know what? I am very much team used. Okay. Um. I've owned brand new vehicles and I've owned a lot of used vehicles. Um, but I will say that, you know, this is while we have talked about this, you know, in, in varying degrees in a lot of other episodes, it's very much a personal decision 
but I am very much team used. And used doesn't necessarily have to be 30 years old, right? Used can be <laughs> six months old. Used can be a year old, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be the jalopy driving down, you know, the road or the one parked out in the field that's got the old for sale sign on it, right? Um, I think there are some really, really fabulous used cars on the market. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to say what you said just in a little bit of a different, more direct way, and that is, it depends. <laughs> Holy crap, what? We don't have a just a prescription? Like, here, here's the prescription. You must do that. Like, it depends. You know, for for as long as I can remember, I mean, I've only ever owned two brand new cars. One in my early 20s that I bought brand new off the lot, and then the the vehicle more recently that we've leased. Um, so I'm with you. Like, used is perfectly great and acceptable. And I would actually say nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100 or 9,999 <laughs> times out of 10,000, I would say used is the way to go. Let somebody else absorb all of that depreciation that a car experiences, you know, the moment you drive it off the lot. And to your point, used doesn't mean 30 years old. It could be that it's a few months, a couple of years, you know. Um, and, and so I agree with you on that point. Used is usually uh, better than new, and it doesn't mean old. Used mm -hmm. doesn't mean old. I think that's what I really want our listeners to hear right now is used doesn't always mean old. Um, can I highlight that? Can I say yes, yes, yes? Can I just let's put a big banner around that statement? Um, and I want to even add into that that used doesn't have to mean not in good working condition either. Right. Right. I think a lot of times, a lot of things that I hear, and you know what, you know, I probably, um, I, I've, this has crossed my mind in all of my car buying years and car buying experience that first and foremost for me and my family and my kids, um, I want safe, right? Like I yep. want a vehicle that is safe. I want one that runs well, that I feel like we can trust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I start looking at price. So, let I, so now I have a question mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people can can um, really resonate with what you just said about what they want is they want safe. the The word reliable comes up. I, I have a friend mm -hmm. whose um, daughter just turned uh, actually just turned seventeen, so about a, about a year ago. We were having a conversation about how he was going to give, gift her his his current vehicle and, and go out and get something else because he knew that it was safe and reliable because that that's that's every parent's sweet spot, right? Like that's mm -hmm. how they justify doing things that they might not otherwise do is because it's safe and reliable. So that was a long-winded way to ask you to kind of further define before you look at price, you said you're looking at safety and, and, and those things are more mm -hmm. important. Can you expand on that a little bit? 
Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if again, if anybody's listened, I have two children. They are adult children now. I've got, um, as of the recording, I've got a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old. And um, just a little bit of a backstory, when they were younger and kind of getting towards driving age, <clears throat> my husband and I said, you know what, you guys will get one vehicle from us and that's it. Like we are not the ever, you know, turnover car lot here. So you get one vehicle from us. So we talked about, you know, taking care of it and so forth. Um, but when we were looking for vehicles for the kids, um, you know, we're looking back at kind of the 2015 range, 2014, 2015 for my son. Um, that's about the time that he was turning, you know, 16, going to, going to be driving. And, um, you know, we wanted something that was safe and was reliable. They, um, I am divorced from their dad. So they have two homes. And so they were driving from one home to another or, you know, he was going to be, um, after he got his driver's license responsible for getting him and his little sister back and forth. And, um, I lived about 30 miles away from their dad, right? And so getting to and from school and driving, we live in Colorado. Winters can be kind of challenging, right? Roads are not great. A lot of ice, a lot of snow, lots of, um, you know, weather things to think about. And so we, we wanted something that we felt safe. Okay, he can drive back and forth, make it through the snow, right? Um, something that mechanically... Um, we're pretty mechanically inclined people. And so what can we work on, right? What are we capable of working on versus maybe having to take it to a shop all the time? Um, and so safe and reliable. Um, we wanted something that looked good, that the doors weren't falling off, that when we test drove it, we felt really comfortable with everything that we heard, everything we saw, um, and, um, you know, we had, again, we were mechanically inclined. And so I think my husband and I can do it and, and have felt pretty comfortable taking a look over vehicles, but I often recommend people to take it to your mechanic, right? Have somebody else look at it. If you're not a hundred percent sure, do your due diligence on it and, and have a go over, you know, with a qualified person who you would trust, um, you know, to look over and, and say, you know what, this might be wrong or this looks fabulous. <clears throat> Good advice there. Good advice. You know, uh, as you were talking about like the weather in Colorado and you're talking about the car looking good and, and, you know, being safe and reliable, I just couldn't help but take this trip down memory lane about how I, I learned how to drive, uh, in a like 1985 Ford alkaline van that looked like because it was western new york lots of snow lots of salt lots of rust the thing looked like it had been through a war um mm -hmm. i remember my my dad talked about it having like posit traction or or whatever but like one day we're in it he was driving thank goodness um and all of a sudden, we we literally start sliding sideways, and he's just behind the wheel, like, Ooh, doo, doo, 
Like <laughs> he's turning it this way. He's turning it that way without a care in the world. He gets us back. Up. But I'm just taking this trip down memory lane of like some of the jalopies, the straight up jalopies. I'm going to see how many times I can say the word jalopy in this episode, by the way. Um, I, I have driven mm-hmm. some real pieces of junk, uh, in my day. And, uh, and it's just, it, it's just kind of funny to, to reminisce on. I mean, as a parent now, I, I, I'm in that place where my, my oldest is going to be 13 here. So I'm still three years away from her driving, but I'm already considering like, what is that going to look like? And, uh, we have a car that is very old with a ton of miles, very proud to, to still own it that thinking about, uh, allowing her to purchase from me, right. And not even giving it to her, but allowing her to purchase mm-hmm. it from me. Um, and it, it's, so I understand like now I have a greater desire for, like I do want it to be safe and reliable. I've driven in friends' cars who, because of all the rust in Western New York, literally there were holes in the floor. Like literally <laughs> we were trying to Flintstone mm-hmm. our way around town. Like it, <laughs> it was insane, but it gives me an appreciation for like that can work though, right? Like you don't need the latest and greatest. And that's not what this is about, but it, I couldn't help but have the trip down my lane. So I thought I'd share it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, even speaking, you know, I, I know there are going to be people that are listening all over and, and I will tell you the car that we purchased for my son is not a four wheel drive vehicle. Mm. Right. So I think people have this we justify things. And you had mentioned that earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I justify? And I think it's easy to justify, well, I need a four wheel drive. We live in Colorado, right? Or I mm-hmm. need a four wheel drive. We live in Western New York, or I need a four wheel drive because we live in Montana. And I will say that I don't necessarily subscribe to that way of thinking. Um, I believe that you can buy a reliable vehicle that will work. That. I don't have to justify spending more because oftentimes these are things that are going to cost you more, right? Um, Four-wheel drive can cost you more. It can raise the price of a vehicle. They can be a lot harder to come by, Mm. right? Because of, you know, um, (coughs) supply and demand here. And I will tell you, for my son, we bought him a 2000, and I'm going to say the name. They're not sponsored, right? Um, no, a 2000 Nissan Maxima. Okay. Nissan does not sponsor our podcast. So I'm just putting that out there. That's what we purchased for my son. And we paid about $2,000 for it. And, you know, I will tell you, we, we bought this car in a, I think it was late 2015, early 2016. I, I'm, I don't remember the date for sure, but we're going on six years. This car, my son is still driving. It has awesome. almost 300,000 miles on it. He hit. He has hit two deer on the highway with this vehicle. <laughs> it is about 42 different colors. Nice. But he's still driving it. And I want to say that because there are some really good used vehicles that aren't necessarily going to break your budget that I believe you can save up for and purchase that will last you for a long time. Yeah. Right. That, that we don't, the necessity is spend more than what your budget can handle. 
um, that's a justification that I don't believe we need to make. And I, I just want to reiterate, there are some really great used vehicles out there that I think that we can save up for that are very safe, that are reliable, and are used. Yeah. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> excuse me. I think that I do. I want to challenge our listeners to just kind of think of humbler times. You know, I again... As, as you're sharing your story and, 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 and the idea of your son's vehicle, I mean, I, I have a vivid picture in my mind because I'm like, yes, I've been there. I've done it. That, you know, when I, when I graduated high school, I felt very, very fortunate that my mother and my stepfather gifted me a, um, a 1985 Chevy Camaro. Now I graduated high school in 1997. So that 85 Chevy Camaro was 12 years old and needed a transmission. And it was about five different colors because rust was one of the colors, Uh, (laughs) a a side corner panel uh, that was not painted was another color. Then there was the paint, then there was the faded paint and then there was whatever. So, you know, it wasn't like, it sounds cool. But if you saw pictures of this thing, you know, the the seats are ripped up and the dashboard is cracked and all that garbage. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so I think about some of the cars that we start off with when we're teenagers. And, you know, again, I feel fortunate that my parents were in a position where they could do anything for me. Um, But I remember once that car uh, was no longer serviceable, um, I was living with my dad and he was driving around. Now, this had to be maybe 1999, 2000. So he was driving around in like a 94 Chevy Corsica, if you remember those four-door buttes. Um, So, you know, that car is like, what, at that point, almost six years old. And, you know, I'm 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 still a teenager and, and... he's trying to help me establish credit. So he's, he takes me down to the credit union and the credit union's like, well, um, we could either set them up this way, or we could like do a loan on your car for like 2,200 bucks and, and whatever. And all of a sudden my dad was selling me his car, like out of the blue, like we didn't go there for that purpose, but then like, mm. kind of like your son driving around in a six year old car. I don't even remember how many miles it has had on it. <laughs> But I share this to say, like, there were humbler times, right? There was there was this this cool, in in theory, Camaro, but it needed work. And, and so I put work in it, and, and it only lasted me so long. And then, you know, there was this little four-door sedan that was six years old. But being that age, like, just having the freedom of a vehicle, period, like, I was over the moon, right? It didn't really, it didn't much matter what I was driving. It was just the fact that I had that freedom. And so I just want to remind our, remind our listeners, remind ourselves of those humbler times where it's like, you know, I don't really care what I'm driving. I have the freedom to drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that. I love that reminder. Um, And I, you know, I'm kind of making fun of my son's car because it is, I'm going to, it's a jalopy. So that's, I think, time number five or six that we've said it here, right? (laughs) It is. Um, And, you know, he's saving up to purchase another vehicle, right? And, and, you know, for me, and this is a very personal statement that I'm going to say, that I'm going to share. I have owned new vehicles before. 
I'm going to be really honest. I appreciate the used ones a little bit more. Um, I think I've learned more life lessons owning used vehicles. Um, I think I am more aware of what's really important to me in life. And for me personally, a new vehicle isn't, a new vehicle for me isn't that important. For me, importance is feeling really comfortable where I'm at financially, knowing that, and I've had a lot of car payments, but knowing if I have a car payment, that it is something that I feel really good with, right? That, that I'm not spending just to buy a new vehicle, but my car payment is way more than I really feel comfortable in making, but I'm doing it right just because I want the new vehicle and I'm not really thinking about the payment that I'm going to have. For me, um, you know, my husband and I were driving our, our truck that we have now is a 2011. It's 11 years old and we do maintenance on it right now. Um, you know, we, we paid cash. We paid $35,000 cash for that. When we, when we purchased it, I think three or four years ago, we did pay cash for it. Mm. And I feel good with that. Right. But it's everybody's personal decision. I just want people to be really mindful and really intentional with the decision that they're making. Right. That, um, um, if check in with yourself, if you're there and the payments that they're giving you don't, don't, aren't sitting real, you know, aren't sitting right with you. And you're thinking, boy, that's a lot of money. I don't think my budget can handle that. It's okay to say no right now. Yeah. It's okay to look for something else that you feel good about purchasing all the way around. Right. Mm -hmm. It needs to be the complete picture. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good segue into like, let's talk a little bit about new cars and like, when is it right? Or to your point, it's a personal choice. And I mean, you you buy whatever car you want to buy. You know, we here at New Money Habits just want you to have a plan for when you are buying a car. We want you to be mindful in those things. You know, but for me, like even with this lease, and I shared this in in the other episode, but I think it's worth repeating is with the car market the way it is today, as the, you know, as we record this particular episode in the year 2022, you know, maybe four years from now, somebody's listening back to this and it's like, oh, it's not that way anymore. But the car market today is out of control. It is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And so we were doing some, some shopping around, you know. In, two, in 2017, I bought a brand new to me and my family family van. And, and, and in 2017, we bought a 2012. So it was five years old, had 60,000 miles on it, right? So we bought used and it cost us 15 grand. I had the money in the bank to do that. And we're going to, I want to talk a little bit about like whether or not to pay cash or to, to finance, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But so I got that van. In 2017, it was five years old with 60,000 miles, and it cost me $15,000. When I was doing my research more recently, when we had to replace the van, because the van was just, in the last five years, I've now spent another $15,000 in repairs. So that van in five years has cost me 30 grand. And that was, Mm -hmm. I did not anticipate that. But as I made a commitment to, I'm trying to just, I wanted to drive that van until the wheels fell off. Unfortunately, the van did not want to, like meet me halfway. But anyway, so as I'm doing research this time around, I looked for those same specs. I looked for vans that were five years old. So we're in 2022. So I was looking at 2017s. Mm-hmm. And with 60,000 miles, 
And do you know that I couldn't find a one of them under like twenty five grand? Mm-hmm. The it car is market, crazy. yeah, has shifted so much mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, like it's going to cost me twenty five or thirty thousand dollars for a used car, or I could go get a new one for thirty five. So for five thousand more, without without the six, and because. Obviously, I have recency bias, right? Mm-hmm. My recency bias tells me that I just paid I just paid thirty grand for a van that should over a period of five years that should only have cost me fifteen, maybe twenty after some repairs. Mm. And now to get into something just as old with just as many miles, I'm like, wait a minute, for five grand more, I can get something new and I can be mm-hmm. under warranty for 30, 60, or 100,000 miles for the next 10 Mm -hmm. years. And so while I would normally agree, like, used is the way to go, in this particular market, at this particular time, with these particular prices, I was like, not only could I get a new one for five grand more, I was like, but actually I could lease it, so I'm not even on the hook for the 35. Mm -hmm. I'm on the hook for a smaller portion of that 35 over the course of the next three years. So I share all that just to say, again, it depends. Used or new, it really depends. And then we can talk a little bit too about cash versus financing or even leasing. But boy, like the current car market has really kind of thrown a wrench in what I would otherwise say is go used, get yourself something that is safe and reliable, something that somebody else paid all the depreciation on. But when used cars are going for the same as you, uh, new cars, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, you might as well get the new one because why not? <laughs> um, well, I would say maybe a why not. And, you know, you know that I very much tap into, you know, what, what really feels right for us. Mm-hmm. And for me, I absolutely hate payments. Yeah. Payments don't make me feel good. And, you know, I have said that, and I, I'm pretty, you know, they say never say never. I don't see myself ever buying a brand new vehicle again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself ever purchasing a vehicle where I'm going to have payments on it. <clears throat> because for me, making those payments drives me crazy. Um, I don't like it. And so I just did a little bit of math, you know, and, and again, this is everybody's personal, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, um, we've, we've put a lot of work into our vehicles, you know, a lot of maintenance, a lot of crazy things, you know, have happened and, and repair costs and such, and even experiencing that too the nines, you know, with traveling now, right? A, a ton of maintenance costs. And, and I, I would bring it back to checking in with yourself to see what really feels right. Um, with making a payment each month and buying a brand new vehicle, even under warranty, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have repair costs and maintenance costs that are not covered under that warranty. 
And sometimes buying a used vehicle, if you happen to pay cash for it, and if there are repairs, the likelihood, in my opinion, of making monthly repairs month after month after month, maybe not as high, right? And so if we have a good car maintenance or car repair fund, you know, to help offset some of those costs, I think you could still maybe be, I think you would still get ahead with not buying a new vehicle, still purchasing used, even if you have a lot of repair and maintenance costs with it. Without yeah, think, the monthly payment, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of truth in what, what you just said. Um, but I think there are also scenarios mm-hmm. in mind being one of them. Right. So, right. um, we, the $15,000 worth of repairs that we've done have been mostly over the last two years. Well, that's $7,500 a year. Mm-hmm. And if you take 7,500 and you divide it by 12, it's basically like I've been going around with a $625 car payment for the last mm-hmm. two years anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, that, and I'll be the first to admit, that might be a justification. Again, I go back to, I have recency bias, like, before the van, we tried another used vehicle that didn't work out for us, but that one only cost us like 2200 bucks to like mm-hmm. buy it. And then I maybe put $800 worth into it and it just wasn't coming together. So I was all like, okay, $3,000, I'm going to cut my losses and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just want to go back to like used or new, it kind of depends. I say right now, like with the car prices, the way they are to, to your point, like I, there's no guarantee I won't have mechanical issues with mm-hmm. a new car, but at least I have like the peace of mind that like, if I do, mm-hmm. I'm just driving it back to the dealership and I'm like, take care of it. And they will. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, for me, that was the mm-hmm. big thing is I have a very good working relationship with my mechanic and the guy is incredibly honest. And he's all like, you know, I just I can't promise you that this is the last repair. And it, mm-hmm. and the next one, the next one was going to be another $4,500. So that would have taken me up to $3,400 or $34,000 into this van. And I'm like, I just can't do it. (laughs) Um, That neither here nor there, you know, normally uh, under normal circumstances, 100% would agree that like, let somebody else pay all the depreciating value. Um, I'm going to challenge one other thing that you said, you said Hmm. that you, you know, you wouldn't buy a new car because you don't want the payments, but you just told me that you paid $35,000 cash for a used one. So mm-hmm. if you had the cash, like if you had the trade-in and the cash to mm-hmm. just afford a new car and you didn't have to have a payment, would you still not buy a new car just because it's new? No, because of the depreciation, because I would okay. feel like I'm throwing money away. So I wouldn't buy brand new. <laughs> now, again, used could be six months old or it could be a year old, right? Yeah. Um but a brand new off the lot again, I don't see yeah. myself ever doing that, even with the cash, you know, trade in, what have you, to, to not pay, make payments. No. Yeah. I um, But, and, you know, here's another point, you know, and I really like what you said, is the car thing, you know, while I want something that's reliable and, you know, um, safe, vehicles aren't my number one. Right. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, I prefer to spend money in, in some other areas. And so I want something again, that meets a couple of those criteria and then I'm moving on. Right. Like yeah. I want something. And there are people that really 
that do want the new vehicles, right? That that's what peace of mind, you know, you've said it a, a couple of times that that's what provides peace of mind. And I say, that's important, right? That's really important that, that you're creating the peace of mind within your life, within your budget, within your, your spending and investing habits, right? That you're, you're making decisions that do truly bring peace of mind, not based on what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, different, different stages of life call for different things, right? So we have two school-aged children who are in every activity under the sun, right? And there's like a <laughs> lot of running around and, and it's not just them, but we have to have space enough for all the stuff that we need um, in order to take in those events and, 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 and whatnot. So, but it, it reminds me of a story of like, so we have two cars, right? The new one, but there's mm. quote my car and my car is the car that we did exactly what you're saying. And that is, Back when we found out that my wife was pregnant with our firstborn child, who's about to be, she's 12 and a half. She'll be 13 in a, in a few months. So about 13 years ago, we were driving around in a Toyota Tacoma, like back in the day though, right? Like the Tacomas mm -hmm. today are awesome. And no part of this uh, podcast is sponsored <laughs> by Toyota either, by the way. <laughs> But we were driving around in Tacoma, but the Tacoma only had like this small extended cab. And so the, mm -hmm. the seats that I had in the back actually faced um, like east and west. And they, they did not go. They were not in alignment with the, the, the car itself. So there was no way we we're getting a car seat in there. So we unfortunately had to trade in the Tacoma mm -hmm. for a more family friendly uh, vehicle. And to your point, like at that point, I was looking at something that was like a year to a year and a half old. Mm -hmm. And so this was 2009. We we bought a 2008 vehicle, right? A year old, and it only had 25,000 miles on it at the time, mm -hmm. right? I that's the car I still have today. <laughs> All these years later, has 185,000 miles on it. I have had to put a new transmission in it a few years ago, but that was the only like big ticketed repair. And so I love, I love the fact that we've been able to hold on to that car. And if I can mm -hmm. make it last another three plus and give my daughter an opportunity to be like, so we got this car because of you and now it's your car. Like that <laughs> right. would just be amazing. <laughs> and so that's how I normally want to own and operate cars. And I wanted mm -hmm. to do the same thing with the van, but the van, like I said, apparently didn't like us. You know, it had all sorts of <laughs> mood swings and, and just didn't want to cooperate. Mm -hmm. And so we moved on from it. But um, th that that method of getting a, a car that's about a year old, you know, with less than 30,000 miles on it. Like, I mean, at that point, we picked that car up for like 12 grand and it probably mm -hmm. sold brand new for 18. So all that depreciation that you're talking about, like somebody else absolutely paid for that depreciation. And we got mm -hmm. a much better deal on it and it's lasted us all these years. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, and I love to hear stories like this too. Right. And, and, and I think part of where, you know, sharing the story about my son's car, we did the same with my other car that we, we sold a year ago when we decided to go full time, you know, we didn't mm -hmm. need to keep, we purchased that, um, definitely very used and it was way older than what we had, um, when we bought that, so it was a 2002, we purchased it in 2010. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, it was an eight year old vehicle, which was way older than what we wanted, but it was a single owner and it had less than 50,000 miles on it. And so with that, we thought we can't pass this up, right? One of the best vehicles I've ever owned. Um, and it killed me to sell it. <laughs> and we went, um, you know, full time, but the same thing with my daughter, you know, we, we paid about $2,300, $2,500 for her, um, SUV that she drives in. And I think that I just want to encourage people again to not be afraid to buy used, but also, you know, don't be afraid to buy new either. Right. Just go into it knowing what it is that you're you're prepared to do and buying used, you know, yeah, the, the opportunity, I guess, for repairs is there. It might be higher. You might be at a higher risk for more repairs than you you are on a new vehicle. Just go into it prepared. Know what it is that I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do and what feels right for me. Um, you know, we. uh we're pretty happy with our truck, even though it's 11 years old, it's, it pulls, you know, our home around and, and we're happy to, you know, make repairs on it because it fits what, what we're comfortable with right now. Right. And, and, um, it's, uh, it's such a journey, you know, vehicles. Um, I've had a lot. Some of them have definitely been jalopies and some of them have been really, really amazing vehicles. Um, my, just as a side note, the, the one car that I bought brand new, um, I had it for, um, let's see, I purchased it. I had it for seven years is all. Um, and it was a van and it gave me a ton of, of problems. Um, mm. and it only got up to 142,000 miles and it was just the repairs needed on it. And I thought I, I bought this brand new and it, it cost me what I felt an arm and a leg. Right. And I thought, well, you know what, maybe I'm going to go used from now on. So check in with yourself. Yep. Check in with yourself. Do what feels right. Yeah. All right. Well, can we shift gears just a little bit? No pun intended. We're talking about cars. <laughs> wow. Can, that, that was great. <laughs> and can we talk just a little bit about um, cash versus financing? Um, mm. You know, earlier you mentioned that you paid $35,000 cash for mm -hmm. a vehicle. And um, that's impressive, you know, to, to, to kind of have that money that that size of money set aside for a vehicle purchase. Um, but I got to tell you, and I'll get into the story in a minute because I want to, I want to hear what you have to, to say on the matter first. But when I bought the van, I had enough cash to pay for it outright, but I let the finance guys do their thing. And um, because I had always heard too, that like, if they finance it, they'll give you like a better price on the actual car because they're going to kind of make it up in the interest or whatever. So I was all like, hey, let them give me the best price on the car. They can finance it and I can pay it off next month in full and not pay a penny in interest. Um, but I had an aha moment sitting at the, the finance table that I'll, I'll share in a moment. But hmm. I, I'd love to hear your take on cash versus financing. Mm-hmm. You know, when we went in to buy the truck, um, 
we of course sat down with them and I wanted all the details, right? Like what kind of negotiating the price? What kind of deals can you give me? Is there a difference if we pay cash versus financing? And with this particular thing, there was really no wiggle room any way around. Um, they, they weren't willing to budge um, on the price. They did not negotiate. There wasn't a better deal that they offered if we financed versus paying cash. And, you know, again, for me, I'm just like, well, then I'm just going to pay cash. I'm just going to write the check and do it. Um, because again, I don't like making payments on, on things. Um, and very similarly to our fifth wheel, I think I've shared, you know, um, I, I'm not sure I would have done it differently, Nino, but we paid cash, um, for our fifth wheel too. We had the money we paid. It was 65,000, um, that we paid for this, this fifth wheel and we did pay cash for it. Um, and again, because I didn't for, for me, and this is a real personal decision, but those payments, and I'm not sure even if we would have gotten, you know, a better deal, I don't know what that better deal could have been. You know, maybe if it was blown my mind, maybe we would have financed it and we could have paid it off, you know, in a month or two. But for me, I just, I knew at the time that I just want to pay for it and be done. I don't want to, I don't want to make payments. I don't want to have to write a check or set up payments each month. Um, and again, that's a real personal decision, but um, that's kind of where I, where I stand on it, you know, for us personally. Now, my son, because he is looking at you know, the, the real possibility of needing to upgrade his vehicle. We have talked about, you know, saving up some money, putting a down payment. You know, he's at the age that maybe getting a loan, building up, you know, some, some credit. We've talked about the credit game, right? Um, so, you know, we've run some scenarios and what might be best for him? What could his budget handle if he had a car payment? right? Versus just paying cash. Does he have enough discretionary funds right now to save? Um, if he does, you know, would that look like a car payment? How much could he save? You know, what's his timeline? You know, could he save up enough to pay cash for a decent vehicle? Or do we have the time to save a good down payment and then finance the rest? So, you know, I think it's just being open to all scenarios and what situation you're in too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought up about like using credit wisely, right? Because I think sometimes we're going to, we're going to find ourselves in a position where we need to leverage where, mm -hmm. you know, even if we have the best of intentions, we just don't have the money saved up to buy a, a 10, 15, 20, $25,000 car. Um, but if we're using credit wisely, this is the aha moment that I had in, in the finance department mm -hmm. when I was buying the van. So sticker on the van was $15,000. And so, uh, we, we were financing it. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember if we financed exactly 15,000 because of course <clears throat> the stickers, 15,000, there's a couple of other things. I put some money down. I don't remember the, the actual, like mm -hmm. we walked out the door, how much we were financing, but let's just call it 15,000 on a regular five year loan. And you know, they, they had all the paperwork in front of us. And because of the interest rate, they were also like, they also show like, this is how much interest you will pay mm -hmm. over the course of this loan. Well, because I had vastly improved my credit over the years, I got, I was sitting down at the finance thing and they're like, here's $15,000 for a 
for five years at 1.99%. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much interest you pay over five years when you pay 1.99%? Not a ton. Yeah, 771 <laughs> bucks mm-hmm. over five years. And when I saw that number, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Using other people's money, and I know that I brought up OPM before, other people's mm-hmm. money. Using other people's money so inexpensively to pay somebody else $771 so that I can retain fifteen grand right now and use it in other ways, whether that is invested in my business as a down payment in another business to buy real estate or to put it in the market and make, you know, eight, 10 or 12%. I was like, mm-hmm. I only have to pay somebody else $771 to borrow their money for the next five years. And I get to retain this 15 mm-hmm. grand that I have right now and use it in other ways. Huge aha moment. Now, truth be told, I held on to that loan for maybe Two years tops, a year, two years. I don't remember exactly how long, but it wasn't very long before I was like, I'm done with this loan. Let me just pay it (laughs) off. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, that was a, I had, this was in 2017. I started coaching people in 2013 and I was on the absolutely zero debt. You don't want any debt. You pay cash for cars, like, like that rigid, you don't. Don't you dare do anything different than this plan. (laughs) But that was a huge aha moment for me. And it has really Mm -hmm. shaped some of the conversations I have with clients about what Mm -hmm. is appropriate for their financial situation. You know, if the interest rate had been 20%, I would have paid it off that day. Mm -hmm. But at 1.99%, $771 over five years, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there's something to be said for understanding credit and interest rates and other people's money. Sure, sure. And, you know, I I think, you know, when we were talking about the price of used vehicles, you know, as of this recording, you know, the the interest rate as of this recording, I I don't think we could get that low. But, you know, to your your point, I think it's just understanding the numbers, right? Um, And... I'll go back to checking in with yourself too. You know, what are you working towards? What is the purpose of this? You know, how do you want to use your money? So you're getting where you really want to go, right? These are questions that it's really important that we ask because, you know, I, I think you would agree that it goes far beyond just purchasing a vehicle, whether you pay cash or you finance it, whether it's new or used, it's, it goes farther on that in who are you becoming? What is it that you're really trying to do in life, right? And so the decision that you're making has an impact in a lot of decisions going forward. Right. Yeah. Right. And so um, it's it's not just the decision of new versus used or finance versus cash. It's really about how does this impact and what you know, have I run the scenarios? Have I really looked at all angles of this? And what is it that I'm trying to accomplish in my life? What feels right? What is the purpose of this? And what, if I'm saying yes to this today, then what am I saying no to? And if I'm saying no to this, what am I also saying yes to tomorrow, right? And and running those, um, those situations and just making sure that you're making a really informed, intentional decision. 
that's a, I think that is a really great place to kind of leave this conversation because mm. that's what it, it's really about. You know, we talk about having a plan and everything you just outlined means really sitting down, thinking through each of the scenarios and making a decision for yourself um, based on, I love when you talk about like who you want to be or who you want to become, you know? So, um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't say it any better, so I'm not going to even try. Oh. I'm just going to say <laughs> that those are all the things you should be thinking about so that you're making an informed, intentional decision, as you put it. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Always great to have conversations with you, Sarah, because I think, I, I think, but my hope is, but I trust that our listeners really get to hear different perspectives and really start to understand that um, it's, it's through like this dialogue and, and, and this, through this exploration that you end up making really sound financial decisions instead of making them in haste or because you're feeling pressured to do so or you know, just because you're, you're scratching some itch rather than hey, just sit down, mm -hmm. think about it. Weigh the pros and the cons. Saying yes today means saying no tomorrow to what specifically, you know, put those things mm -hmm. down on paper, all of that. I, these conversations are amazing and I, I'm very grateful for them. Well, thank you. I am too. And it just reminds me, you know, I, I think, you know, we are normalizing the conversation, right? And I, I, I am really big into that of just normalizing the conversation around finances, around emotions, around all of this. Let's talk about it and let's be really open to hearing different points of view. Um, because the way I think today is not necessarily, it's not how I thought yesterday and it's probably not going to be how I think tomorrow, right? By getting, gaining more information and having these conversations with you, I learn something in my perspective oftentimes shifts a little bit. And so, uh, I thank you for that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Always a pleasure for our listeners. If you need any assistance, you need tools, resources, please feel free to visit our website, newmoneyhabits.com. Visit the show notes to schedule time with either Sarah or myself. And, uh, you know, take the time to sit down and come over your finances with a coach and just uh, decide who do you want to be? What is the life you're trying to, how is it, how is it that you say it, Sarah? The life you're trying to create? Yep. There you go. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, we will continue this conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.